You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary. Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7, the ticket, the ticketfm.com. So we couldn't find any of the audio, but we found all of the quotes. We found a lot of the quotes. And, okay. I'll go ahead and just let you do it, Rico. So at one point, he was calling the Michigan game, right? (laughs) Michigan has a running back whose last name is O-R-J-I, okay? I'll just let you think, just marinate on that for a second. O-R-J-I. How do you think that's pronounced? Orgy. Don't ask me. Okay. Yeah. Or, 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 I don't know. Or, well, <laughs> that's not how, well, that's not how RG3 <laughs> pronounced it. I don't know how it was pronounced, but that's not how RG3 pronounced it. Said running back ran into the end zone for a touchdown. RG3 proceeds to say, there is an insert last name here in the end zone. I'm not going to say it because of FCC guidelines, yeah. but <laughs> what was that? What was that noise that just came out? What was that? I I was trying to I was laughing I was laughing and so my anyway, so we have that we have that quote from RG three. Another one I got this, I got this, I got this. He's calling the Michigan game the the Michigan State Washington game. We all know Washington's quarterback, right? Michael Penix Jr., transferred from Indiana. Well, he was he threw like five touchdowns in that game. RG three proceeds to say he's got big Penix there energy. <laughs> Just like that, thank you. Just like that. Um, and then I believe it was also in that game. The center yeah. was flagged. <laughs> the center was flagged for snapping the ball like an illegal snap. He asks his his uh play by play guy, Mark Jones, he says, Do you know what we call that? Mark Jones says, I don't know, a pump fake? RG three kinda waits for a second, he goes premature snapulation I like I, I want to make it very clear all right when I when I come at this who here's RG3 the thing is great um when I when I talk about rg3 it's not that I don't think those are funny because they are hilarious oh those are great they are just so out of pocket and they just come out of nowhere to where it's almost too much because if you were watching the Oregon State Stanford game on Saturday night he said something along the lines of, like, he ate that beaver up. Something like that. Something like that. And I don't necessarily want to hear that at 1.15 in the morning when Pac-12 after dark football is happening. Well, he's not saying that for you. He's saying that for the Pac-12 people who are out there. And it's only, who, it's 11.30. It's only, yeah, it's only 11.30. They're fine. It's just, They're a, fine. Night, it's just a night game for it, well, not a morning game. All I'm saying is that isn't for you. Okay, people talk people talk so much crap. They give other announcers crap for all the things they say. Deron says you're a fun hater. It's true. No, it's true. I'm not. It's just RG3 you is sometimes out of pocket. You know what you are? You are being exactly like those people who don't like. Um, and now I can't remember his name. We were just talking about him. Mark Sanchez. Mark, no, not Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez is also funny. Uh, all of the energy. I'm just going to go after people, or just name people. Play Gus, by, Gus, Johnson? Gus Johnson. Oh, my. How do you forget Gus no Johnson? Idea. No idea. You're being like those people. I love Gus. Yeah, but Why? Because no. that's him. And this is RG3. No. How do you know? You don't know him personally. Maybe he says yeah. all these out-of-packet things all the time. Well, then he's just a wild person. I love it. That's out of, I you're, out of, you're out of control. He knows football um, at a high level. 
and he's also having fun with it. Okay, so Wet Blanket says, I am Team Nick. If I wanted to hear oh, bad bleep references, I would... say that. Okay, fine. That's mean. That's horrible. I, I didn't read the entire thing. Nah. Um, <laughs> that's gross. I am... I'm not going to read that. We're no, done you with that one. No, I don't, I don't want that one. Uh, would you want another generic announcer? I would want somebody that analyzes the game. He does. We're just picking out sound bites. We're just picking out things. It's not he doesn't say that the entire game. Sure, the Michigan or the minute the Washington one he did, but I mean, you're calling a game with a guy whose last name is Penix. I mean, it's kind of hard. <laughs> Rico, you're the one that gets keeps laughing so hard about that one, especially. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so here we go. Somebody, uh, Downtown Scott says, you keep saying out of pocket. I'm not sure you guys know what that means. Um, out of pocket basically means that you're doing or something, saying something that's inappropriate or out of line. You're being wild. You're being out of control. Out of pocket. You crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't yeah, know. As we'll a water boy caught it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, all right. That's, that's all we need to talk about with RG3. Let's talk about Purdue, Nebraska. 402-464-5685, Honda Vic and Hotline, Starter Heyman text line, both those open for you. Rico, how do we feel going into this game? Like, are, are we are we at this point right now? Because I was having a conversation with somebody earlier today, mm-hmm. um, and it was like three weeks ago, if you would have asked us about this game, was there a lot of intrigue and interest in this game? Probably not, because... You're coming in. You're coming off of a loss against either Georgia Southern, or you're coming off of a loss, a blowout loss against Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and you don't really know how to how much stock to put into Indiana and Rutgers. You don't really know what to expect from your team in Indiana and Rutgers. And here we are, with, with help of the way that the Big Ten West has kind of shaken out as well. I think that plays a part into it. It's if, if if Wisconsin was if Wisconsin was undefeated or if Iowa was undefeated in their offense scored more than two points per game, then you know maybe we have a different discussion. But there's a lot of intrigue right now, feature or surrounding Saturday's game, because here I, I will I will say this, and this is what I told the person I was talking to this morning about it. If Nebraska somehow squeaks out a win. On Saturday, now do I think they will? I, I'm leaning towards no, There's from from early, early early thoughts. But there is a possibility they did, lo- they did lose their uh, their their number one corner will not be playing in this mm-hmm. game. But let's let's just say they do for Purdue, not Nebraska. How much better do you feel going into a home game two weeks out? Because we know what Mickey Joseph can do and w- is willing to do during a bye week. Nebraska mm-hmm. has another bye week following this Purdue game. You win three games for the first time since who knows when. Three games in a row. In a row, and 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 since Mike Riley, even even three game three conference games in a row. That's even and wilder. then you have a bye week against, or it's just a bye week. Excuse me, followed and then you have followed against, by a home game against Illinois, who may possibly be tied with you for first in the Big Ten West. Exactly. I have to see if they're by. I think the bye weeks match up. So that's where, like, how do you feel about that Illinois game? Because now the way that the Big Ten West has kind of shaken out is we look at Illinois, Purdue, and Minnesota as the top teams in the Big Ten West right now, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. But that's not even the four that we talked about at the beginning of the season being the toughest. No. 
Iowa, Wisconsin. And that's what's freaky. So if, if Nebraska is able to somehow, we, we say the, the, the cliche reference or phrase of you control your own destiny. We said that going into Indiana because it was true, mm-hmm. and it still is true. But if there's a if there's a way that Nebraska is somehow able to not only go two and zero but go three and zero, and then have a home game that's probably looking at the schedule around the the rest of the conference probably going to be another six thirty kickoff because uh, more than likely so both teams will be coming off of by Illinois plays okay. Minnesota this week then they have a bye week as well so. Mickey Joseph versus versus Brett Bielma, mm-hmm. both coming off of oh, both with an extra Which, week to prepare. Here, here's the thing, guys, and if we just want to play hypotheticals, if Illinois is able to get the job done against Minnesota, that gives Minnesota two losses uh, in the conference, mm-hmm. and that is without playing Wisconsin or Iowa. Minnesota would be in the same situation as Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They have not played Wisconsin or Iowa, but they have one more loss. Illinois has one loss in the Big Ten West right now, mm-hmm. and if they're able to they get have, past. But Minnesota. they have they have two Big Ten losses because they lost to Indiana Week One. Yeah, no, they only have one Big Ten loss. If they lose to Minnesota, the thank last you, year. thank you. So here's the here's what's interesting though. Nebraska could get through this slate, and how much energy would be surrounding the team if they go into a bye week three and zero? And you could argue. That they have a better shot of beating Illinois at home than they do at per- beating Purdue on the road, mm-hmm. and it's hard as a fan, and the way things have gone, to not sit here and at least entertain the thought of Nebraska going four and zero in this stretch, and how electric that would make this fan base is crazy. There is a there is a chance, however unlikely, but I honestly I don't like the home matchup with Illinois more than the the road match against Purdue. The night road sellout match against Purdue, I think Nebraska has a better chance than going up against Illinois at home, more than likely at night, mm-hmm. with a sold-out crowd. Just because, you know, this Illinois team is stacked to the gills with some pretty talented players. They've proven, they've taken the... the kind of game plan of their head coach they, they've adopted their head coach and they're playing hard-nosed football kind of like what wisconsin used to do that's that's illinois now they're playing better big 10 football than, than wisconsin and iowa is are uh offensively and defensively they have one of the best running backs in the country maybe the leading rusher in the country i'm not actually sure uh yards wise if he's still up there or not i know he's one of the best uh in chase brown for illinois and again you're gonna be com- you're both gonna be coming off of a bye week and no matter how much I, I, I like Mickey Joseph and I want Mickey Joseph to succeed, he's still relatively new to head coaching. Not to coaching. He's not relatively new to coaching. He's been there, done that in the coaching realm. You're right. But when it comes to head coaching and getting a team prepared you know, as, as the lead dog, he is relatively new to that, going up against a guy who's been doing it year in and year out. You know, mm-hmm. he was at Wisconsin, he was at Arkansas, even though he didn't work out too well there. He, you know, bounced around from place to place, and now he's at Illinois, and he's been there for for two years. So well, he, the perfect example, though, Rico. Sorry to interrupt. Is twenty twenty one against with Illinois and Nebraska, the first game of the season, the first yep. game back in the Big Ten for Brett Bielema. That's the perfect example. Where he's been here and done that. He, he knows what it, it takes he to win in it. the Big Ten. He knows what it takes to to take down teams in the Big Ten. So coming off of a bye week, I don't I don't like that matchup at all. But there is, yeah. however small, a chance that Nebraska with newfound energy, with with a with a new and improved defense, is able to take down a Purdue mm-hmm. uh and and 
maybe take down an Illinois going 4-0 in a stretch to start. I'm just going to say start Big Ten play. I'm just taking out the Northwestern game because since it was the beginning of the season yeah. to start Big Ten play, there's a chance you can go 4-0 and kind of snatch the Big Ten West lead from Purdue and Illinois. Which is just a crazy thought that like Iowa and Wisconsin are not in that conversation right now. No. Well, it's, I, it's just no, Wisconsin. Iowa has two losses, don't they? Or do they only have one? I, I think that we're just thinking, despite the records, I think we're just sitting here thinking how Iowa can't score the football. And even in a, in a division like the Big Ten West that you need to score the football, they have two Big Ten losses, Michigan and Iowa, yeah. or Michigan and Illinois. You're right. But here's the thing, like, I feel good about Nebraska's chances going on the road against Iowa. Now, that's a far ways away. That's a long ways away. Mm-hmm. But Iowa does not scare me like they have in years past. This is a weird... Spencer Petrus is not good. They don't have an Akram Wadley in the backfield. It, it, they don't have that. They don't have a Tyler Linderbaum up at, at, at center either. They have a really, really strong defense that we'll talk about when we get to that game prior to Black Friday. However, their offense, like no matter how bad Nebraska's defense is, whether it's it's the version of Georgia Southern or whether it's the version of the two shutouts in the second half these last two weeks, I feel good that Nebraska is going to be able to score more points than Iowa. I mean, in their last game, there was a drive where they went three and out. They punted. Whoever they were facing, I don't remember who it was. It was their last game, whoever it was. They punted. The team muffed the punt. Iowa recovered. Iowa went three and out again, going backwards. Yeah. Went three and out again. Um, punted again. Uh, the team got it. Iowa forced a fumble. Iowa recovered, went backwards again, and then kicked a field goal. Yeah. They got the ball three times, got negative yardage, and got a field goal out of it because their defense and their special teams are that strong. Their now, uh, their offense is disgustingly bad. Yeah, and, and Kirk Ferentz is number one, unwilling to make a change at offensive coordinator with his son, Brian Ferentz, and number two, unwilling to make a change at quarterback in Spencer Petras. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, back to Purdue, Nebraska, though. And well, Hold on, but before we get to that, wet blanket, I, I get it. I get that you don't want to get your hopes up and you, you're you believing the, the bottom four of the Big Ten are Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana, and Rutgers. I get that. But Nebraska is is I would also not say like you, I don't think Nebraska. You have to take it. You have to take into account that Nebraska was and still might be. Well, no, okay, I'm gonna go with this. Nebraska was terrible before Mickey Joseph took over. He's gotten this team to rally around him. They've gotten a new defensive coordinator, and despite them facing two mediocre, well, one mediocre offense and one bad offense. Shutting out a team in the second half is still a big accomplishment. I don't care who it is. You've still got Division One, Power 5 athletes on the field, and your defense that went from allowing 600-plus yards to Georgia Southern mm-hmm. to allowing 600 yards in two games combined and not allowing a single score in the second half of either one of those games. There is something going on, and I'm not saying that they're going to go out there and they're going to go undefeated the rest of the season. I'm not saying that. I, I don't I'm think they saying, win this week. But what I'm saying is there is a much better chance yeah. of them winning any of their games remaining on the schedule than there was before Mickey Joseph took over. And I, I would honestly put Michigan State below Nebraska in the giant landscape of the Big Ten. Michigan State is not good. Um, it, it, it's it's bad. Like Peyton Thorne started the year last year. You see what a what a 
NFL caliber running back can do for your offense um, in Kenneth Walker because Peyton Thorne's a guy who you'll remember going into Nebraska's game in week five, I believe it was, had not thrown a single pick. Mm-hmm. He has nine touchdown passes and seven interceptions right now. So I, I do not think – I would actually put Michigan State below Nebraska in, in the giant scheme or, or landscape of the Big Ten Conference. They're bottom five. Nebraska's but, bottom five. Uh, yes, but, and that's because of, the, uh, of what we've seen so far um, in the last four years and change. And, and if you want to even go back farther, you could see in the last seven years and change, mm-hmm. right, that Nebraska is, has slowly um, declined to one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. I mean, honestly, if you put both all three phases of the game together – and I I might catch some flack for this, but I mean Nebraska might be better than Iowa. Iowa we, literally we just, we just don't we can't say that right now because they haven't beaten them. Iowa however many literally times. has an anemic offense. They have a a, a top thirty defense. Yeah, they're good and on defense. Special, and their good. special teams are are usually pretty strong, but their offense literally cannot move the ball forward. Yeah, yeah, they rely um, on their defense and their special teams to move the move the ball down the field. So here's the thing. Um, let's go ahead and dive into a little bit more Purdue here. So. Purdue is interesting. I, I was listening to Jeff Brom talk this week in, in his weekly press conference, and, and he only talked for eight minutes, so there wasn't a whole lot of, of things in there to, to really say. But he, he did mention like the run defense. Purdue's run defense, it's a little misleading on statistic-wise. It's a little misleading. So we, we look at the... We look at the, the the rush defense for Purdue, and it's, it's a pretty strong statistic. 18th in the country. However... When you look at the opponents that they've played, specifically in the Big Ten Conference, Penn State, he they threw around the ball. They had, they threw the ball around a little bit with uh, Sean Clifford and then Drew Aller as well. Mm-hmm. And then you look at in the in most recently, Maryland does not run the football. Maryland does not run the football. They let Talia go to work, and and they have the five star wide receiver Raheem Jarrett on the perimeter. They they got dudes on the perimeter. They and, air and, it out. And Jeff Brom said that. And then he also added, he goes, uh, you know, our, our rush defense has been good, but he said, I don't want to go out of line and say that it's it's one of the top rush defenses in the country. This is from Jeff Brom saying something along the lines of, he goes, you know, Maryland airs it out, Purdue, or excuse me, Minnesota, they didn't have Muhammad Ibrahim when they played him. Now, I get what he's so, trying to do, but at the same time, they've only allowed, f- uh, what, four rushes of 20 plus yards? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. You so know, that that part is right. You're that's right. Still, yeah. That's still that's a solid defense. Mm-hmm. You're what one, two, three, four, five, six games in, and you've only allowed four rushes of twenty plus yards. That's yeah. solid. It is. You want to look at how many Nebraska's allowed? And more than four. A lot. And here's the thing. I mean, Nebraska. It goes. It goes insane. Nebraska's going to have to get a good push up on the offensive line. Anthony Grant. You're going to have to ask him to to carry the rock quite a bit. Probably. He's going to have to break tackles in the backfield. Like he does every single week. It's gonna have to. Happen. It's, it's gonna be the same thing every single week. Um, we can't expect a wholesale change with this this offensive line in, in one week. And we know there's gonna be a little bit of changes. Changes. We know Mickey Joseph, as he said on Tuesday, was is not worried about putting out a new five at any time. So we'll just see kind of what happens. But um, I, I think there's there's an avenue here for Nebraska to maybe make something happen on a Saturday. Let's go ahead and head to our final timeout. We'll be joined by Strick and Nate for the crossover coming up next on the happy hour. Download our app by searching 93.7, the ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long, wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7, the ticket and the ticket FM.com.